what you think expectations are for your photography from other people, not letting that be the narrative. Hey, Weekenders, welcome back to the Art of Photography podcast, where we share our passion and share how photography gives us hope, purpose, and happiness. And today we have a guest who is so passionate about photography and about the wildlife. I am so excited to have him, have him here. Hey, Brett, how you doing? Good, good. How are you? I'm doing well. So good. Welcome to the podcast, and I am so glad to have you here. I think you are the first wildlife photographer. Well, actually, I have another like underwater, but you're like over, over, the, over the land wildlife photographer. <laughs> oh, above the water, yeah. <laughs> yeah, above the water. But you're not, you don't only shoot wildlife, isn't it? You like to do landscape as well. Is that, um, what sort of, um, so if you were um is there like a, a type of like a, a a genre that you like to shoot or do you just pretty much shoot anything um yeah so i i would actually call myself a landscape photographer that is just getting into wildlife because uh i fell in love with the photography about three years ago after a trip to africa um and i wanted to learn everything you know i was i was like man if i had good camera gear and like knew what i was doing and wasn't shooting on auto um, I was kind of bummed. I was like, I wish I could go back and do that again. So I made sure that, you know, that, that was really the catalyst. And my first trip was to Yosemite, uh, with a good buddy of mine, Adam Ardani. He's phenomenal, um, landscape composition, everything's just so good, uh, and learned a boatload. But for the first, like two and a half years, two years, it's, it was all landscape. Um, and then, it was actually the quarantine. It was uh, the global pandemic that uh, kind of made me switch. I Don't get me wrong. I've always loved animals. Um, you know, always just got a huge heart for them. You know, I just love them. I love everything about them. I think they're so emotionally intelligent, um, so intelligent, you know, far beyond what we understand anyway. Like, I feel like when you see an animal, you know, you can really, you can see the story behind that. And with not being able to travel and a lot of my trips being canceled, uh, for landscape, it kind of, I don't know, it just the guys I was shooting with, we were like, hey, let's go try and get a fox, you know, let's go try and do this. And um, so we started buying, you know, camo gear and blinds set up behind and, you know, just getting all this stuff and like researching. Um, and it really created uh, a passion for wildlife as well. And, and I am still just as obsessed with landscape um, as ever. But now I am, you know, it's, it's equally matched by the wildlife, uh, portion of it. I just think there, there's something about, um, being able to look and capture an animal. Uh, you know, I, it's, I'm not a religious person, but it does feel almost spiritual when you, you know, you're able to, um, connect, make eye contact with that animal or something. It, it's just been a really fun experience. I think helping me develop, um, you know, doing a different genre can absolutely help develop the other genre that you've been doing. I mean, I, I, I'm quicker uh, to be able to figure out settings and, you know, shooting different light for my landscape now as a result of wildlife and vice versa. You know, you take a lot of those things and they, they transfer over, I think. Yeah. Cool. That's a, that's a really cool story. Um, I mean, I myself like to shoot wildlife, but I just don't have the passion to, to like, not, not passion to patient. Such patient, a hard work. Yeah. the patient to to like go after them so um 
I, I like to I like to call myself uh you know if I see wildlife photographer. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> if yeah. it's there, I, I'll be ready. If not, uh, it's I mean, like, okay. <laughs> that is a dream. It is great when it's just there for you. I will yeah. say though, there is something to be said for the repeated failure and struggle um, to capture something, how much more it means, you know, when, when it does. Uh, I, I just got back from the Grand Tetons yesterday from Wyoming, and I had been wanting a shot of a bison the whole time and didn't see one at all. And the morning of my la second last day, uh, pretty much my last day, because I left yesterday morning. So the morning of my last day, we went out for like three and a half hours did not see anything at all, except for bald eagle, which is great. Got some cool shots. Um, but I was like, I can't believe because from, you know, being from Buffalo, New York, our sport seems like the Bills and the Sabres. A bison is the logo. Like that is our logo. I'm like, I, I'm from Buffalo. I need to get a shot of a bison. And uh, sure enough, we went back out in the afternoon. We were driving around for a couple hours. We saw some 200 plus yards, 300 yards, probably longer, actually, three, 400 yards in the distance. Had to find a spot to park, threw the snowshoes on, hiked a quarter, half mile through uh, through the forest, got to this open clear. And it was, I mean, no joke, it was about five feet deep of snow. I mean, even with snowshoes, every, every step you were going down, two and a half feet, had to jump across two rivers to get close enough to shoot them. And then I got my bison shots. And then as I'm like finishing getting my bison shots, they all get up because they're all just grazing. Uh, in this snow-packed wilderness, and they all get up and start stampeding across. Like, it was un unbelievable. You know, it's one of those experiences you don't forget. And I'm like, you know, I'm glad that I didn't get that bison shot just off the side of the road. You know, there's an actual story behind it. It was cool. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. It's uh, it's usually the experience that really make the photo, isn't it? It's it's how yeah. interesting. Um, yep. Yeah, so how do you... So how do you fall in love with um, landscape photography and what really got you started in there? You know, why, why all of a sudden, you know what, I want to be able to take beautiful landscape photos. Yeah. So I've always been a picture guy. So when I say that I, I did take a little class in, in high school, uh, you know, where you actually make the prints yourself and everything. Um, but when I say I was a picture guy, I was a guy who used to carry around. I, I'm not sure how old we are, but when I was a kid, cause I'll be 40 this summer. I mean, we had the disposable cameras, you know, <laughs> so on spring break, whether, you know, in high school, hanging out with the friends, I always had a disposable camera on me because I just wanted to make sure that I remembered going to a restaurant. I mean, it didn't have, it didn't have to be anything special, but those memories with my friends. So they always used to tease me. They're like, you always have a disposable camera on you. And then, of course, when it was yearbook time and they all needed photos for the yearbook, who did they come ask? Me. Um, so I think I, I always, you know, really just like the, um, I guess the idea of, of having memories to look back on, but yeah, it was, and I've always loved to travel. I mean, always really have, but even as a kid, I would sit in front of a sunset and take a picture with my disposable camera for every minute, the whole 30 minutes, you know, and they're like, why are you taking a picture of it every minute? I'm like, Cause it changes, the light changes. So I think it was like always inside me, but just never, never really did it. And then when I went to Rwanda um, with my now fiance, she, uh, I mean, it was the most, it was the furthest away I'd ever been outside of Japan when I was in like fifth grade. Uh, but it, you know, it was the furthest I'd ever been and just such a drastically different 
culture, um, different landscape. I mean, I was just in awe the whole time. And, uh, and I'd already started to be, because of my friend, Adam, I had been you know looking at his photography and I'm like, man, just, I'm a creative person, but had never put that part of creativity to the real test, you know, and explored that. And so I was already kind of starting to get like an inch of like, man, maybe there's something I want to try. I love the stuff that he's doing. This is really cool. And then, yeah, sure enough, after I got back from the trip, I was like, screw this, man, I got to get a camera. And I just went down the YouTube rabbit hole and, you know, spent three hours a day learning everything and anything about what camera, what gear, uh, ISO, aperture, color theory, exposure triangle, like everything you could do uh, for three months before, um, you know, he invited me then on that trip to Yosemite. And so I'm like, it was basically my time to prepare before my first test, you know, and I took a little 16 millimeter uh, lens. I had my kit lens. It came with a, a Sony a6300 and got to work and just fell in love with it there. That's a hell of a place to start off a landscape journey, though, too. I mean, you're talking about an iconic park, you know. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, man, like last time I went to Yosemite was um, probably when I was like 13 or something like that. And, um, you know, when you're a kid, that's, you don't really have that appreciation of, you know, the place. And like now looking back to these photos and just like, wow, I don't remember all these, like yeah. all these watches. It's like, I got to go back there. It's uh, it's crazy. And I was supposed to go back to uh, um, the U.S. in um, um, last, well, about this time last year, but, you know, when everything hits, and I was just like, oh, man, you know, it's going to get a lot more complicated away yeah. from home. So I decided to stay. But, um, um, yeah, like Yosemite being like uh, on my high on my bucket list to, to visit as yeah. well as a lot of the um, other national park in the U.S. But it's that's so interesting for you to, to share that so um do you how many disposable cameras do you go to when you take photo of the sunset because like if you... <laughs> I, okay so no joke this was about so every spring break when i was a kid you know like fifth grade through like high school i would say on average when i got back in one week's time i had 10 to 12 disposable cameras that i had to take and get uh, developed. I mean, it was just like a guarantee, you know, and don't get me wrong. There were, there were no bangers out of those. It was just like a kid who was just super excited and in love with the sunset and like the beach and everything. And, um, yeah, so it was, it was bad. I spent, I can't imagine how much money I spent getting disposable cameras developed when I was a kid. I, I'd probably be rich if I had never done that. That's hilarious. Uh, sorry, I was just like off topic there, but it's uh, I was so interested to 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 hear that because you know I know the feeling like I have that as well. It's like it's like oh okay, sun's like coming down a little bit. It's like oh, it's like just that slight different. You always yeah. want to capture it, right? You don't want to miss it. It's like you don't want to miss it. And sometimes yeah. it, like you have to almost put the camera down for a second, be like, let me just watch this for you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it's tough. It's yeah, like the, no. the purpose of, of being in love with photography is, you you know, you get to, you put yourself in a position to see these beautiful moments and, you know, you, you kind of look at things differently where you really do appreciate a sunrise or a sunset or anything, you know, flowers, the way they're wisping across the field, whatever. But then the curse of it is that sometimes you're always caught up having your camera because you're like, I want to make sure that I remember that specific second of that sunset 
mindset and that, you know what I mean? So it's, it's a gift and a curse. I would say way more of a gift though. Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's very, um, that's very true. Like you're right. Cause like, you know, when you, I actually have to force myself to leave the camera behind. Um, yeah. Because, you know, I, I get this, um, um, FOMO fear of missing out oh yeah you have it. it's like oh man what if just what if you know there, there's like yeah. one shot that I could get uh, I you know as I progress you I have to leave it behind because like otherwise you're right like I can't enjoy the the moment like I'll be like oh that's beautiful and you know as a oh, photographer yeah. we, we we see this beauty on everything right <laughs> so we, we constantly take photos so your head's on a swivel constantly like you're <laughs> you're never just looking forward you're always, you know, doing this and because you're like, I don't want to miss anything. Figure out, can I pull over here? It's like, no, dude, you're in the middle of a highway. You're going to cause an accident. You can't pull over here to get the fucking sunlight. <laughs> ah, it's so hilarious. So how do you find that balance for yourself? What, what, like, you know, what had been working for you where, um, you know, there'd be moments where it's so beautiful that you just enjoy it. And then there'd be moments that it's so beautiful that you just um, working on capturing it. How do you find that balance? Um, I don't know that I've done it effectively yet. You know, I think, I think it's a struggle every time, but, uh, a lot of the balance too comes from, in my opinion, like are the moments that aren't necessarily where you're pulling out the camera and setting up a tripod or whatever, but it's like the, you know, the hike to get to the spot, you know, those are just as special too. And those are things that you can fully take in, whether you're just whether you're with a couple buddies and everyone's just kind of quiet in their own head as they're hiking, or you're maybe just telling jokes throughout the whole thing, or it's sketchy and you're laughing about how scared shitless you are, you know, um, those are just as important, uh, if not more important, you know, like they always talk about how uh, it's the journey, not the destination. And I do think a lot of those, I think a lot of that resonates. And I think then actually, you know, I guess the way I'd say I don't balance, but I don't have too much guilt over it because that final picture is not just a picture of that second. It's the the final scene in what was a movie that, that day for you. You know, it's like that that one picture allows you to see from minute one to minute one twenty of that movie that took you to that image. Um, so for you personally, it encapsulates all those memories. It's like, you know, if you smell something and it can take you back to a, a memory that lasts an entire year of your childhood, maybe, you know, um, in this way, I think it's the same thing, you know, for us, the reason I think photography is, is so addictive and important to the photographer themselves and why it's so important that they capture things for themselves is because for them, it's not just another good looking picture that they're swiping through and double tapping, you know, like that's, that's, that's other photographers for them. But that picture to them is like a whole movie. It's a whole scene. It's maybe five hours of that day, maybe 10 hours of that day. It's a trip, you know, it's friends that you made on that trip. Like I, I can't wait to go through all these Grand Teton shots because the two guys that took me out, Hayden and Arthur, like they literally were the best hosts you know, I met them through Instagram, never met in person. And these guys got up every single morning, picked me up at 5 a.m. and took me to the best spots for sunrise. We, you know, hang out all day. They'd take me out to shoot at night. We'd all go to dinner every night. Like they both ski and snowboard. 
They didn't ski or snowboard the, that whole week. They took off work, like just to show me around. And man, it was like that trip. All the, all the pictures that I get to go through now are going to absolutely have memories that are directly attached to them, you know, and that's how it is every time. That's awesome, man. That's awesome, man. Um, you know, that's it's a big lesson learned there. And um, I just want to bring this up a little bit because um, you might not notice it, but it's true. Like photography, it's not always about that destination. And um, I used to get caught up in that a lot when I first started. You know, I used to go to places to get that iconic shot. And I would go, I, I would literally do, do the thing where people go to the place take the iconic shot, take like, you know, like 20, 30 of the same view, right? The same right. Um, tourist view you get in the, the postcard view. And then um, you go to the next spot. And for that reason, like I miss, I miss so many like cool perspective and cool things that happen in, you know, apart from this frame that I'm always looking at and obsessed at. So I think that's such an important thing to, to raise. And, um, you know, um, that's why I called like um, my photography the wicked hunt because like for me it's about That's the true. hunt for those you know for those photos it's not it's not always about the the end um, photo that that really means something the end photo is I, just the trophy isn't it yeah I love that uh, that you just kind of gave me an insight into your Instagram name that's cool that like that's badass a wicked hunt it was actually funny though too because you know, you talk about like the iconic shots. And when you go to a place like Yosemite or Grand Tetons, it's impossible not to, to, you know, be confronted with those opportunities to get the iconic shot because they're iconic for a reason, because they're amazing compositional opportunity, you know, opportunities, the lighting's great, the, the view of the mountains. So like my, my personal challenge to myself going out there uh, before this was to really try and like expand compositionally and try and and try and just get very creative with the way I was shooting things and I'm, I'm super excited because not only were there a lot of uh, shots that like I don't do a lot of minimalism and I, I took a bunch of ones that I'm really excited about I mean the atmosphere lent itself for it you know just like simple you know one tree amongst this like ferocious mood in the background the tetons half covered things like that but um even like the, the the first shot that i posted from the tetons trip that's an iconic view it's up at togaby pass and you're the road's going down and you're looking at it and what was funny is that me and the other guys were all shooting there and i kept waiting for a car or something just to make it a little bit different and then a, you'll see at the bottom left of it there's a huge snow cloud and all you can see are the headlights through it. That was a snow plow coming in the other direction, which is why it pushed all this snow in front of it, which is why you couldn't see the car. And when that car started coming up, everyone I was with got off the road and went back to the car and I stayed out and shot it. Cause I'm like, this could make an iconic shot just a little bit different. And my buddy was like, dude, that's awesome. He's like, I mean, I saw that I was gone and I look back and you're out there shooting it. He's like, cause I normally don't want any signs of like human life in my photos. He goes, but that kind of made the shot. I'm like, sweet. So <laughs> that, you know, I think it's good. It's always like when you're traveling somewhere or even if you're just going out in your neighborhood, whatever, like think of a way to challenge yourself. Cause for me, it made me really reevaluate the way I go about shooting things. I mean, 
I'm happy that I really tried to push myself. And there may be shots that, you know, I should have just gone with a more standard uh, composition or something because maybe I didn't pull it off as much as I, I think I did or something. But um, I think that's part of a great way to grow. And now I'm like really excited for a lot of these shots that, you know, I think a lot of people shoot the same subject, but I'm hoping I did it in a really different way. And that'll just make me better for the next time I go out and shoot, you know? Yeah, that's really well put. And, you know, like in this photography, it's funny because people say this this genre is so, so saturated. And I think the reason why it's saturated is for that reason that you just mentioned, right? People like go to this iconic place and just try to take that one photo. Um, but as you said, like you don't have to stop there, like just because like, don't get me wrong, I take iconic photos all the time, but it doesn't mean you have to stop there, right? right. The, what The one word that I was, um, that really struck me from one of the other podcaster, uh, the pod, yeah, the, the guest that I have in this podcast was uh, um, <clears throat> the word open mind, like, you know, approach a scenery with an open mind. And I yeah. think that really sum up everything. It's like, yeah, of course, like, you know, if you get there of course you, you want to get the, the the iconic shot but yeah approach it with an open mind maybe there is some other thing and like you say like with your experience in grand grand teton you know like you were like you were shooting this iconic view but then it's like oh something else happened and if you have that open mind you will notice that bit but yeah i remember back when i first started i would be frustrated with those cars Right, I would be like, yeah. oh, come on, get out of the way. I want this like yeah. iconic shot. So that's, yeah. I think that's the important bit. It's like, you know, like, yeah, of course, like, you know, the iconic is great, but if you have it with an open mind, you might, you know, the things that you think is a distraction might actually be um, the hero of your shot or the focal point or the things that 100%. make it stand out. So, yeah, I had so many comments that were like, those headlights, because if it wasn't a snowplow either, like, it still would have been cool. But the fact that it, created a camouflage and it looked almost like two animal eyes you know just peeking through this snow it just added a ton I'm like so that's again having an open mind like that's just a little bit of luck I have that same shot from that morning without a car in it but I went with that one because I'm like you know what it's it's kind of different I always I also think that you know expectations always not always they can lead to disappointment and in any facet of life you know relationships in I mean, in anything. Um, and I think having an open part of having, having an open mind is trying to, you know, alleviate some of the expectation, um, stress and anxiety that we put on ourselves. Like I'm expecting there to be perfect light. I'm expecting there to be no cars. I'm expecting there to be, uh, no other people that I have to worry about getting my shot. And like, like you said, you know, having an open mind and maybe, not having the expectations, but just going to enjoy and being like, you know what, I'm going to go there and, and just try and do something totally different. Not have, not worry about if I get the iconic shot or not, if it's there, go ahead and take it. So you have it out of the way. And then you can like take a couple breaths and be like, all right, now let me try shooting it this way. You know, if you shot a vertical, shoot, shoot a horse. If you have nothing in the foreground, put something in the foreground or get behind something in the foreground, you know, change the angle. Like, anything have an open mind because you might think that the one that everybody's gotten before that you want to get because you know it's going to be popular and it'll work because it's like a proven composition 
they might be like, dude, I've never seen a take on, on that shot before. I've seen a shot a million times. I've never seen it like that. And then you're like, all right, sweet. Now mine's, now mine's the best. You know? <laughs> so. Well, those kind of shot, um, you know, are the one that makes you happy. And that's the one that yeah. really give you a full fulfillment from photography. And uh, it's, it's, it's no one, it's something that not a lot of people talk about, but it's it, it, having a good photo. is like a good start, but once you kind of, progress to it you want to be able to capture what's yours so that's yeah. that's a that's really well um iterated and um explained so um thanks for sharing that that's really really cool yeah, insights man. from from your way of thinking so i love that i absolutely love it thanks, um man. so when you is was there ever a turning point in your photography journey that kind of shift um i mean you already kind of um mentioned a little bit about you know this pandemic kind of have you that bigger shift towards more of the the wildlife but um during um early on in your photography journey on you know finding your photography style on finding what you really like on um you know shooting landscape um from that first shot that you take in in Yosemite to to now what are some of the biggest um shift and um in, in your photography um well I mean as you know we all I mean I, even still like the amount that I learned on on this trip and I'm three years into my photography journey uh so I feel like I I somewhat know what I'm doing but the amount that I learned on this trip was crazy a lot of times you don't even realize it so I would say like the the first trip is Yosemite, the second one was Iceland, and the third one was Oregon. So you're dealing with a ton of variety of, of um, like weather conditions, rain, snow, uh, but you're also getting like, what a blessing, like those were such cool places to shoot. I have to go back to all of them because I butchered so many of the, of the first shots and opportunities. So um, I think, especially from shooting with, like I went uh, on all three of those with Adam, Danny, who's so good compositionally that uh, he, I think, probably accelerated um, the way I look at landscapes and like made me look outside just a classic take on something because, you know, when you first start, you're just a point and shoot. Like you don't think oh, I'm going to get low, I'm going to get high, I'm going to have a quarter of the frame covered by, you know, flowers or I'm going to shoot in between or look for the sun start. There's just so many things that you don't do because all you're worried about is just making sure it's in focus at first, you know, first time and, and just making sure you don't butcher the settings. Cause if you're trying to learn and shoot on manual and everything, you're like, so is this right? <laughs> is it just, so, I mean, it was not only a big learning experience, but um, I think the biggest shift has also just been not necessarily biggest shift, but um, one of the highlights has been when I felt, and it probably took about a year and a half when I felt like, I finally understood post-processing enough that I could have, I could really bring a, a picture to the vision that I want. You know, like I, I know how to make it something that I want. I'm still, I would say an okay editor um, in my, per, like I just have a, a very high expectations. I know a lot of people that I think are way better at editing. One thing that I don't do is I don't try and make every photo look the same. Uh, I don't use any presets. I literally start from scratch on every photo because I don't care if it matches the last one. And there's usually enough, usually the season provides enough consistency or like 
little hints of the same colors, you know what I mean? But for me, I, I mean, you'll notice even, even the way my grid is, I really don't care about the grid. I, I, I do landscape, wildlife, landscape, wildlife, dark, light, dark, light, color, you know, deset. It really doesn't matter as long as it looks good for that image because I'm more concerned of how's it going to look as a print. Um, how, you know, Instagram's great, but I don't personally need for all of them to have the exact same preset on them or color tone. Uh, and there are artists that do that phenomenally. And so it's no knock on them. I, I just don't think I am skilled enough to turn any time of day, any time of anything into, you know, a very, very similar looking uh, color tone type of thing. So, um, so I think, you know, getting to the point where I felt like I knew enough of how to, to not only capture the photo and field, but then really put kind of a little bit of my own style is the biggest part. And for me, I'm a super passionate guy, uh, very much live my life led by emotion, which isn't always a good thing, but, um, you know, I just, whether it's relationships or things that I get really excited about stuff. Um, I'm basically like a 39 and a half year old kid. So, <laughs> but I think for me, like, that's what my, that's what I hope my style, um, expresses is that like, I want people to feel something. And a lot of, a lot of, especially in the winter, uh, I was on a clubhouse room and we were talking about style and the one guy had said, yeah, I'm looking at your stuff. He's like, I just love your style. He said, but I can tell you're, you're kind of a dark person. I'm like, actually quite the opposite, just because a lot of my work has very, especially in the winter, very moody. Like I love stormy clouds. I love that, but it has nothing to do with negativity for me, for me, like it's almost the polar opposite. Those represent like life in the scariest moments. Like when you feel most alive is when you get these uh, just unique, not normal conditions that come together in this perfect storm. So I really love mood and stuff, but not because I'm a dark person, just because to me, it's, it signifies a very intense emotion. Um, so even if it's a bright mood, I mean, I, I would say my style is just, it's going to be something that I, I, I hope makes, you know, the viewer feel something. Um, Cause usually if I'm posting it, it means that I felt something from it, you know, it means something to me. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And um, I think like, I, I'm the same. I'm horrible at grades. I go from like bright yellow to moody, like, <laughs> and, uh, and it's, it's great. I think that, um, for you to to share that because um i guess especially instagram right instagram had really um make that perspective very um very strongly because um uh, for 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 a point in time that was the one thing that people think that will bring growth to the instagram so right a lot of people got into that um i know that some people are not doing it um intentionally that they literally just like that kind of mood but i know there are a lot of other influencers um, and photographers who actually try to curate curate their um their color tone and stuff and i i don't have the uh the patience for it to to actually like do all that and yeah. i think that that's that's great that you share that because um you're absolutely right in terms of you know every every photo have its own feeling like if you got a bright yellow um a fall color and then you want to make it moody it, it just doesn't work isn't it like right. it's, it's it's absolutely a different scenery and um and 
Yeah, so that's that's really great. Like to to hear that. I think um, there's a lot of inspiration there to 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 be had there um, for for the listeners um, to see that you know photography is about that moment. Like, what is that moment? How that make you feel? And actually, in some of my photo, I would have more of um, a dreamy kind of um, fine art look, and some more of a nature look because. That's how that that's uh, that moment makes me feel, you know. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely love that you share that, and um, yeah, I think a lot of um, listeners can learn a lot from that. So awesome. Yeah, it's, it's almost just like not letting not letting a grid or again like what you think expectations are for your photography from other people, not letting that be the narrative. Like that should not be what narrates how you and affects how you edit because like there's no way that you felt the same or had the same memories in one shot to another and that is what should determine the direction you go uh you know when you're editing that not not the other way around so that's awesome so with that in mind this is the next question and you know because you you mentioned about your conversation in clubhouse about the uh, finding the style so yep in your um, in your perspective, right? What is style in photography? Because you know, if you if you kind of just do, um, you know, like we perceive style as a color tone, as a this this um, very um, monochromic of um, genre that you could yeah. see that you know when people see your photo, it's like okay. I know that's that's Brett's photo, right? But if you kind of have um, a, a different interpretation of that image, you could go from one one extreme to another for that reason. So, what 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 in your opinion, what is style, and you know how can you create a style if you approach your photography within the moment, not not really collectively? Yeah, um, I mean, there's something to be said that the way that. I go about it may not be the most conducive to having like a absolutely identifiable style, um, you know, that, and that may be, it just, where do you put that on your priority list is, you know, is being recognizable from the first second. I, the way I look at it is I think the consistent consistency needs to come from the quality. If it's a good looking shot, they're going to look at who made it. You know, they're going to they're not going to need to necessarily be like, oh, well, the greens don't look the same as the last one I saw. So it's probably not his. Um, you know, I feel like the quality is what should be what defines your style. But like I said, for me, um, I always think it's better to have, you know, your style defined by something personal. Uh, I mean, genre is going to be a lot of it. There aren't very many people that go way outside their genre, not to say that are. I mean, I do landscape and wildlife. There are people that do product, people, city, or, you know, I mean, all in one. Um, but usually it's something in the same vein. So that's part of the way, you know, what, what style. Uh, there's, of course, genre as far as minimalist or whatever. And like I said to you, I'm going to be, uh, a lot of stuff I'll post are going to be in tight art, artsy crop shots to then maybe a, a way backed out, massive, grandiose type landscape to a minimalist shot, like, so you won't even be able to think of, oh, well, there's a style there too. Um, but I, I just think, I think style is gonna be so different from for everyone. It's kind of almost impossible for me to say how somebody should find their style because what it should come from is what what's motivating them to go out and shoot in the first place. 
Um, so whatever that might be is, I think, where you're going to eventually find yourself. Of course, you have to also do the work and put in the time to learn post-processing uh, so that you're able to execute on your vision. Like you don't want to have this fully you know, thought out, I guess, motivation style in your head and then just not have the skill set to be able to do it. And there's nothing that, you know, anybody can just, just do the work for the time and to learn the programs and you'll be able to, to bring it to life. But yeah, I think that's kind of the most important thing is just making sure um, you find it for motivation. I actually have a question then for you, because when I did the finding your style room, I had like five questions I was going to go through for that room. And we got stuck on this second one for like two hours because people were really into it. Um, and my question to them, if you don't mind me asking you a question is, uh, do you think, and I'll answer it too after, um, do you think that your style has been, uh, is more representative, representative of your life experiences up to this point? Like is, have your life experiences influenced your style or do you think photography has changed the way you look at the world? Like which of those do you think has been, had more of an impact? you know, one being on your style and one on life. That's interesting. That's really interesting. And I, I saw that um, um, the room when it was in a clubhouse, but I was like, I, I kind of like jump in there and I was like, oh man, this, I would love to get into this conversation, yeah. but I had to go. So I, I had to get out of the clubhouse, but um, that's a really, really interesting topic there. Um, for me, I think, wow, I, I really never think about that. That's, um, you know, I, I think a lot about my, my life and my experience i'm more like philosophical but i i never think about that so that's really interesting um but the way i approach life is real uh, sorry the way i approach photography or the photo that i take is really more in the moment i believe um you know if if it's a a, a photo itself like when i like take the photo really try to think what i feel there and that's why I think some of the photo that I take can be more have like a more subtle edit to it with like, you know, like more na natural looks. And with that one, usually I'm more, um, more attached to the nature part of it. And I just like, you know, I love the nature. And, um, you know, with that moment, it felt like the nature was the most important thing. And then, and, and, at other times, you know, there might be like, um, I might enhance like the color and, you know, bring that out a little bit more and more, have more of a fine art look to it. Um, because at that time, I feel more mm -hmm. about the, the, the vibrance and the excitement that, that I would get from, you know, what it may look like. So um, the way I approach it, really, I really try to feel and think how I, how I actually felt during that photo shoot. What, what was the emotion that gone through it? And, yeah. you know, when I see that photo itself, what was the emotion that that photo brings to me? And I think that's the way I approach both editing and um, like um, composition wise um, in photography. Yeah. But as a general in photography, um, I think photography would have more impact. Um, yeah, because, how you see the world. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, li like I said, like it really changed my life. Um, you know, um, photography, I'm, I'm not a patient guy. Um, you know, and when I, when I was a kid, man, like I, I could not stand still. Um, you know, I always on the go, like literally, you know, and now I would 
literally like I would sit on my my tripod up and I would sit there in front of you know whatever scenery it may be and I may or may not take a photo but more often than not I would stay longer in that place and actually absorb and observe um, about the environment and what happened yeah. around it and that really that was really a big shift and you know I had a lot more appreciation for the smaller things um, you know like just the small texture and the small, um, you know, the, the lone tree. Like I, I never look at tree. I, I never look at tree the same way after I, I do photography. And I think that's, that's a positive impact in, in my life because um, yeah, like you, you just see the, um, like we, we mentioned earlier when you take like photography, right. Um, I have a lot of uh, students who, who kind of just get started in photography because um, um you know, the masterclass that I put on is about like more about the beginning. And, you know, I, I do plan to create another one. But um, and for that reason, like I think um, a lot of my students kind of um, have this struggle as well. And I can see it where they go like, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in this place. There's nothing in, uh, interesting here. It's like, look again, because I can't yeah. bet you there is something interesting there. It's like, yeah. oh, I mean, I walk through there every single day. It's like, yeah okay you walk there but do you actually look deeper and look at different perspectives because mm -hmm. you know like we're on auto mode if we if we go drive to the same place all the time we don't think about it we just go like get in the car drive park there you are but when i do photography totally different even if it's the yeah. same place i've gone to all the time i go like okay it's like there is the big thing, there's the mountain or there is the waterfall, but it's like, what else is there? So I think yeah. photography have a bigger impact. How, how does that, um, is that something that um, you relate, um, you can relate with or how, how yes. um, has that uh, been a different effect for yourself? So it's funny because when I posed the question, I had an answer in my head that I had that day and I'll give again, but then the more I think about it, I'm like, man, both have had such a massive, you know, in impact. But for me, what I answered originally was that I think my, um, my style of photography was more influenced by my life experiences than necessarily the way I looked at the world. And the reason I would still probably say that is because I've always appreciated that I maybe wasn't as good at finding the subtle beauties, you know, before photography, like photography has allowed my eyes to definitely see the world more clearly, I think, and, and really like spot those beautiful things. But from a personality standpoint and everything, I think I've always been somebody that like, I mean, like I said, I was a kid taking a picture of a sunset, you know, every minute for 30 minutes in fifth grade, um, even though I didn't have the equipment or skill to take a good picture of it. Like I still very much appreciate that part of the world. So I was, I was going to say, um, Overall, I think the bigger, you know, shift or, or impact uh, from one to the other would, would be, I think, the reason I like emotion, um, emotional photos and stuff like that and moody things are because that had more of an impact. I feel like I started photography seriously three years ago, and I definitely think like right from the bat, um, just because I've always been that type of person that, you know, has a heart on the sleeve type thing and I can cry at a commercial. I have no problem admitting it, you know, like <laughs> I have no problem uh, being sensitive. I, uh, I think that did shape my style or what I wanted to be 
as a photographer from the beginning, even one in the beginning, I definitely didn't know how to express that. I didn't know how to post process or um, turn the images that I was getting on my first few trips into, you know, what I, I guess would hope. Like if I, I have to go back, like I said, cause I want to redo those and re-see those places and um, be able to really create that emotion with the post process as much as the image that I get there that I just didn't know what I was doing enough, you know, in the first year of photography. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. And I think, look, this is what really frustrates me about photography um, and the social media. Well, actually, I don't know if social media is to blame, but um, I think in general, we try to put labels on everything. It's like, you know, just like, just approach it with an open mind. Like, you know, like just because that person approach to photography is different doesn't mean, um, you know, you're, uh, they're, they're wrong. Like, it's just different. And I think that is the beautiful thing about this, isn't it? Like, that's what make life is beautiful, right? Because everyone is different. But yeah, when you try to put a label on everything, like we, I, I'm, I'm really, you know, one of the thing that I, I came with a mission um, when, when I left my job and pursued this career, um, which I truly failed in the first eight months, was um, to share the unseen perspective of the world, right? And um, I think perspective is really important because um, we can learn from each other's perspective. And when you put a label, unfortunately, whether we like it or not, we really get this like harsh eyes, right? That we go, yeah. it's like, oh, I think, even though they, they might try to think outside the box, but there is like a box yeah. that- Tunnel vision. Exactly, a tunnel vision. So, um, yeah. you know, I, I love how you, um, you know, this like conversation been awesome because like we just bounce different perspective and different ideas because yeah, that's how we should approach photography. Like, you know, if somebody like it really um, um, saturated and vibrant, it's like, Maybe it's not your forte. Maybe it's not the best look. But if that's something that really bring them happiness, you know, it's is that really a problem? Because right, right, and uh, it's supposed to be for them. Like, yes, we want other people to like our work. We hope that that's a bonus. But at the end of the day, like, it's if you're not if you're doing it for that, then you're already behind the game. You should be doing it for your own for the right reasons, and that's why, like, what we talked about with the style thing. First, figure out what your motivation is, because otherwise your style is going to change so many times. And it's fine if it does, but not if it's for the wrong reasons. If you're going to change it every time there's a new trend uh, of editing or whatever, then good luck. Like you're going to get so burned out because you're going to try and learn a new trend and you're never going to be as good as uh, you need it to be quick enough for until then. It's not a trend. You're like, oh, I finally mastered it. Now it's off to the next you know, trend. So, yeah, that's the, yeah, exactly. So. You know, with that in mind, let me ask you this, like, um, how, how do you personally try to fight that urge of, you know, this, this tunnel vision that, um, I guess our environment with the social media, a lot of them have really put that on us. Right. Um, yeah. you know, the, the website travels, if you travel a lot, when you, when you look at the website, it has this iconic shot all the time and, you know, whether you like it or not, it really kind of great, you know, like it, it really changed the way you see. And it really like when you get to that shot, they go like, oh, yeah, this is this the place. So how do you yeah. how do you fight that urge and, um, you know, try to look outside of the box? Um, 
I mean, to be honest, it's I my urge is to not do that. Like I don't it I don't really have to fight that urge because I don't have that urge. I I really want I want because there are so many photographers that are way better than me, way better than I'll ever be, no matter how much work I put into it. It could be they're better at post pro. It could be they're better at everything. Like I am still a beginner photographer. Three years is not a long time. There are people that have been shooting for 20, 25. You know, I, I only work in Lightroom. I barely know how to do a thing on Photoshop. It's one of the things that are my goals for this year to, to learn Photoshop and stuff. Not because I want to change a bunch of stuff, but just because they're little things that I can, you know, do to lights and shadows, dodging and burning and stuff that I, I, you know, I can do pretty well on Lightroom, but I'm sure I'd be able to do, do better. So for me, it's like, uh, I, I always just want to try and push myself to be creative where what I get in field is like the foundation and what I get in field is already going to be different enough that I don't need to worry about like processing it in a way that's going to fit a certain trend. I feel like if I, if I push myself enough out in the field um, and, and walk away with something that I'm really happy about, then there is zero urge anyway that's going to like filter into that my into my mindset, you know, going into post processing. So um, I think if you can get comfortable with that and like kind of put more of the pressure on yourself, then you know, let let me be creative enough to see this scene that everybody sees in a way that nobody has or very few people have, because that'll make your photo stand out more than anything. But um, and then just, you know, I don't think the post-processing and the trends of that will be nearly as much of an issue because you're already you're already going into the post-processing happy with the picture for yourself. So then you're you're not going to feel an urge. Well, I don't know if I really like it. So maybe I should just go towards something that everybody likes so I can get that, you know, that endorphin from everybody being like, oh, sick, man. I love that, you know, sick tones. <laughs> it's if you're already happy with a photo before you even touch it in the editing, then it's not going to really be a determining factor into, into how it, you know, I think that urge is almost a moot point. It's non-existent. Awesome. Yeah. So what, what would you, what would you say to someone who, you know, have this um, kind of struggle and, and urge or, or not really have struggle or urge, they might, they might not, not notice it. Right. But, um, what would you say to um, the people out there who um, who kind of struggle to get out of the comfort zone or who, who want to be able to capture a more unique photos um, than, you know, the, the typical postcard or Instagram shot? What, you know, what's, yeah. what are some of your um, mindset shift that you can um, pass on to them? Yeah. Uh, so a lot of times I, so my, one of my good friends came out uh, to Tetons with me, who's not a photographer, but he loves the outdoors. And so he borrowed his mom's camera just so we'd have something to take. And every day, you know, just like most photographers, he would point and shoot, like, you know, not thinking about anything else. I'm like, I was like, can I give you some advice? Like just ways to go about it, you know? Um, because trust me, every photographer does what you're doing the first time they have a camera out. And of course, out there, there was so much to see, just like smiling and taking pictures. So happy, right? Like a, like a pig and shit. And, uh, and so, I mean, but no matter what level of photographer, I mean, now I find myself often, like I got so, um, I guess trained to shoot in portrait mode because of Instagram. And then I started getting print requests 
And I'm like, oh my God, I need for like people like prints and horizontal a lot of times, like sometimes portrait mode is not really the best mode. So I'll often, often shoot the same scene, vertical, horizontal, high perspective, low perspective, uh, half, you know, quarter covered with a foreground element perspective. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll basically, it was a challenge I put out to one of the rooms I was doing clubhouse would try and shoot something five different ways and then try and edit it five different ways, you know, totally different feels. Cause that'll also help people that don't really know what their style is, figure it out. Um, and it'll also just give you flexibility, especially if you're selling prints or something, if a client wants they're like, man, I love that shot, but I wish I had, you know, I needed to cover a whole, I need it to be three feet wide or something or two feet wide. Uh, then you're like, actually, I have that shot. You know, I've got that shot too. So don't worry. Um, so that'd be one thing I would say, try and shoot, try and find five different compositions within a little, you know, three by three foot area that you stand in, you know, shoot a high, shoot a low, shoot it all different ways on a tripod with a long exposure, uh, without a long exposure. And that's one thing. And then, yeah, I would also, um, just say the more you become comfortable with post-processing, the more you continue like that learning process. Uh, I think that's another way that you will will not feel, um, you will not feel pressured to fit into a trend because there's, when there's a trend, there's always a video on how to do that trend. So yeah, it can be easy for you to just be like, uh, how to edit like so-and-so, and then they're going to find a video and it'll literally walk you through your photo. Like I did that in the beginning, not to post, to find out how to do things. Like I didn't really understand how the light you know, the color sliders were affecting and color calibration. It's a great way to learn. Like if there are people that you, I don't recommend not doing that as far as a learning tool. Um, but I wouldn't go about that and be like, well, I'm just going to find whoever's hot in that trend, find a YouTube for it. So one thing that I've been doing this whole year, it's been my goal for 2021 to watch at least one tutorial video every night on anything photography related. It doesn't always have to be whatever I feel like I need to get better at. Because for the first year, I was, first six, nine months, I was watching all the time. I was obsessed. Then I just became more concerned with just getting out and shooting all the time and kind of forgot to continue the learning. And then I was like, you know, I, there's still so much I need to learn. And, you know, just even going back to some of the basic ones, um, it's good to like hammer those in. So I always challenge people to try and like commit. It's the last thing I do before I go to bed every night is just watch, you know, a 15 to 30 minute YouTube video. Uh, sometimes I take notes, sometimes I don't even, I just let it sink in. And then lo and behold, I notice, you know, two weeks later I'm post-processing and this technique, I didn't even remember that I knew how to do from a video I watched, you know, two weeks ago. I'm like, oh, this would be a great area, great photo to try that on. So, uh, you know, that'll, that'll help a lot. You know, once you have, once you're more in control of, of, how something's going to turn out, you're not really going to feel the need to, I guess, get into a trend, I think. Awesome. Yeah. Like, uh, that's, that's really awesome. Um, absolutely love that. And, um, there's a lot of, uh, really good advice in there. Um, you know, if you are listening, <laughs> you might want to just rewind back to that portion. Cause that is <laughs> such an amazing advice, especially, you know, for someone who kind of just started, cause, I remember when I first started, we just shot on on um, on phone. That, that's exactly what I did. I was, um, you know, I don't know what's 
what um what uh, composition is that I was curious, just like you and you shooting sunset. I would do like literally, I would do like take one here, take one here, and like yeah, take, you know, I just like snap happy, right? That's what people call it. You just take a whole bunch of photos, and you know, at the end of it all, when you have um when all of those um adrenaline kind of like toned down a little bit when you come back home, you know, you don't have the excitement that just make you push the button. You could actually think about it a little bit more and see, you know, which one kind of works. So yeah. such an amazing advice. And you know, it's, it's so easy to, to do. Like, um, I know like, um, as photographers, sometimes we get lazy, right. To, to kind of do this. It, it sounds like it's tedious. Like what? Take five photo of the same exact thing are you crazy you know? yeah. so it's it's great that you mentioned that because i think it's it's good it's one of the best thing to to learn in in photography or actually in anything for that matter mm -hmm. because you get to see what works and what doesn't well brett yeah. that's the you know like man i had so much fun um i would love to have a chat more um uh, we kind of come into the hour mark and i'm not sure um how much longer our listener can um can listen i to hear you man. <laughs> but i definitely would love to have you back at some point um you know i had i had so much fun um just bouncing ideas from you and so many things that it just really opened up my mind just like wow i never really think about that and i think you know just the way you 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 share your advice your wisdom um one thing that i really want to make sure if you are listening is to have that open mind like you know like brett really really share a lot of his wisdom and really share how you could broaden your view instead of you know and there is no right answer here like this just so important to really hone that in um so brett you have such amazing um um not only advice but also you have such a beautiful gallery of photos and so now for those people who kind of want to get in touch with you or connect with you or you know see more of your work um what is the best way for them to find you uh yeah for sure man and thank you so much for the discussion i really enjoyed it uh definitely hope we get to shoot together one day but um yeah to find me uh, i mean brett blakely just b-r-e-t-b-l-a-k-e-l-y that's my instagram um i i respond to every single direct message i get uh i try and remain very engaged because it helped me out a lot, you know, when I reached out to names and I remember the ones that didn't, you know, and it's, it's just not cool. Like when somebody's trying to learn and ask you for advice, or even if they're just giving you a compliment, I think, I think, you know, ignoring those is really messed up. We're all the exact same, you know, living on the same world. So um, that's easy. You can DM me on Instagram. Uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, Brett Blakely Photography. Uh, I do have a website, brettblakely.dark, excuse me, darkroom.tech. Um, right now, it's just an easy, you know, basic site that sells prints. I'm going to be working on one that has more storytelling behind it that, you know, I have videos from my adventures from and blogs and things like that. Um, but that's just a, that's a 2021 goal. It's not, you know, not ready yet. But if someone's interested in prints, brettblakely.darkroom.tech. Awesome. Awesome. And listeners if you um you know if you're tuning in and if you're listening to this discussion highly recommend to have a look at his gallery because his photo is just so beautiful he, um, and um and you know he, he whatever he say here it's it's very true like you go to 
to his um, gallery, you, you can see all sort of stuff, um, you know, from different genre. And I think that makes it really interesting and dynamic to, to enjoy. So um, yeah, highly recommend to, to check um, out his work and also- Check out your work too. They got to check out your work because your stuff is crazy <laughs> and I love it. Appreciate that, Brad. Yeah. Um, but look, listeners, um, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, I hope you have a ton of wisdom from that on how to approach your photography as well as how to think about what is photography because um, it's really important that it is about you before you make it about everything, everyone else. So um, I think that's one thing that I really want to hone in in this uh, discussion. And, you know, for those of you who listen, if you enjoy this episode or uh, the podcast, um, please help me out and shoot that like button, hit the subscribe. So the next time you get more of this golden nugget in, in you know, in um, that you get to listen to um, beautiful inspiration from uh, photographers all around the world from all the different experience. Um, so Thanks a lot for tuning in, Wiki Hunters. And um, Brett, again, thank you so much for sharing a lot of your wisdom. It had been a, such an, a fun hour. And you know what? Like, I started this podcast because when um, I wanted to share more inspiration and happiness in these darker times. And, but you know what? This podcast, every time I talked to a new photographer, had really bring like a lot of inspiration for myself. So thanks oh, so a lot for bringing that to the table. And um, yeah, thank, thank you very much for sharing your time and wisdom with us. My pleasure. Such a cool honor to be on, man. Thanks a lot. Keep killing it. I'll, I'll be in touch with you for sure.